Well, as you know, the UCP government has seen uh, no shortage of drama recently, more than anyone would like. Uh, we've had the Premier on several times discussing what's going on, as well as the MLAs were at the centre of all the infighting recently. So today we'll get a look at things from the other side of the aisle, as the Leader of the Opposition, Rachel Notley, joins us now. Um, Ms. Notley, thanks so much for taking some time this today. I appreciate it. Oh, no, it's good to be able to chat. Um, I want to talk leadership style with you because I think that's sort of what this comes down to in many, many ways. Um, you were premier. Now, of course, you didn't have to deal with something like the global pandemic that's lasted more than a year so far. But how did you approach your MLAs? And, you know, they have that right to hold contradictory positions in our system and to represent the wishes of their constituents. How did you balance that against party unity? Well, you know, I think that, uh, honestly, there was, in large part, a lot more agreement on some of the big issues that we had to address. I think that uh, our caucus members understood that when we were elected to govern, we had to take a pretty, uh, you know, pragmatic approach to ensuring that we made the best choices we could for all Albertans, not just our quote-unquote base, but for all the Albertans who who elected us. So, for instance, uh, as you can imagine, uh, an NDP government that, that talked a lot about climate change in the mm-hmm. campaign, discovering that uh, one of our biggest policy issues was going to be promoting the construction of a pipeline to the West and picking a fight with an NDP government. That wasn't what we got elected to do, but... We also understood that in the, in, the, in the circumstances, it was the right thing to do for Alberta. And it wasn't hard for me to get my caucus on side with that. Now we're in a pandemic, uh, and, and this UCP caucus, the science is clear what we need to be doing so that we are not consistently uh, the province with the worst record and in infection levels and all that kind of thing. And yet these folks cannot let go of, you know, campaigning to their quote-unquote base and, and some of their their hard-held uh, ideas, which, which sort of run counter to uh, common sense. And, and so I think that it probably just speaks to, in large part, both uh, Mr. Kenny's ability to lead, but also to the, the caucus. And it's unfortunate. I don't think they reflect uh, the consensus that is the province of Alberta right now. Um, so how would you have handled it? Would you have got in very, very early with expelling anybody who, who spoke out against party line? Or would you have allowed that dissent and allowed your, your MLAs to, to, to voice the concerns of their constituents? Honestly, I think when you get to the point, uh, you know, in a parliamentary democracy, there are certain issues that I think lend themselves to more open conversation and, and some difference in opinion. But when you're talking about major, major things that, that actually uh, the government plays a role not only in executing a certain policy, but ensuring that there is adequate levels of public support for, for that policy, then it's important for the caucus as a whole to, to come out unified when speaking uh, to to members of the or to, to Alberta citizens to the provincial um, population and so I would have uh, and certainly did uh, on some occasions in the past insist that once there was a fulsome discussion internally um, that that yeah there was a united front outwards and that's an expectation and uh, you know I think it's important to of course my dogs will always speak <laughs> always speak what it is 2021 that's how it goes. <laughs> 
that's right. But, uh, but uh, you know, you have to also be sure that you're sufficiently accessible to your caucus to hear their concerns in a meaningful way. It uh, doesn't mean you always change your mind, but it does mean they, they believe that they've actually heard, you've heard them and you've really considered their concerns. Um. In watching how you and the party have conducted your communication over the course of this situation, I feel like things have slowly changed. And tell me if I've got this wrong. Um, It wasn't very confrontational, I don't think, during the first wave, more so in the second wave, and now into the third wave, and I think it started right around the time of the traveling MLAs. It seems to me like it's full-on attack mode from the opposition towards the UCP government. Would you agree with that assessment? Um, I, I don't know that I would frame it quite that way, but I will say that there's growing divergence between the way Jason Kenney is handling the pandemic and and the way we would. Uh, it is frustrating for us to to watch Alberta consistently um, sleepwalk into uh, greater and greater numbers, more and more economic damage, and a failure to understand the consequences of that to Albertans. So, for instance, just as an example, uh, today we're going to be uh, uh, re- releasing the details of a bill that we would like to see uh, this government uh, address in the legislature, one that would provide paid sick leave for frontline workers in Alberta who otherwise can't afford to stay away from work when they experience symptoms as advised by the Chief Medical Officer of Health. We know the evidence is clear that this is critical to helping bring down the numbers and keeping the numbers low. And we've seen other provinces act on it, but we're not doing it in, in Alberta. So when you talk about increasing levels of negativity, it arises from the frustration that this uh, government seems unwilling to take into account the needs of regular working people who are bearing the biggest load of, of the challenges around the pandemic. Um, you know, critiquing, I mean, that, that's what I do all day, every day. It's an easy job for me, and, you know, and it's, it's, it's easier, I think, than making decisions from, from your aspect, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. hindsight, of course, 2020. So, so let's just hit a couple of topics, and you, you let me know what you would do right now if you were the Premier. Let's start with the pandemic. As of today, what changes mm-hmm. if you're in the Premier's chair? Well, there's a long, long, long list of that, and I guess I would start by saying that you and your listeners could check out albertasfuture.ca, which is a website where we've been doing our very best to be as propositional as we can so that, you know, if we're critiquing, we're also offering a different idea. And so you can see, you know, at this point, there'd be about 20 to 25 recommendations that, that we've released around the pandemic itself um, since uh, last April. Right today, as I said, I think a big priority has to be sick leave. That's a a fundamental priority. Uh, There has to be another tranche of support for uh, small businesses because of the extended and renewed uh, uh, shutdown because uh, the ones that we have in place now are about six months uh, old. We need to be working better with the federal government and rolling out the federal dollars that are being offered instead of uh, fighting with them because those dollars could be flowing through our economy right now Mm -hmm. and and it it doesn't make sense that, that we're fighting with them over petty little things and not letting Albertans enjoy the benefit of them. So there are three examples. I will give credit to the Premier for finally acting with respect to the restrictions. And, of course, we're seeing exactly what they said wouldn't happen, which is, of course, uh, the restrictions do help. And now we're seeing our cases come down. And so that's, I mean, it's not over yet, but it's good news. It's reason for optimism. And uh, so let's keep doing that hard work, keep trying to support each other so that we can get to a point where where the level of infection in our population 
population really is um, something that that allows us to to get back to normal. Uh, another one, line five. You've had several social media posts uh, over the course of the weekend saying that the premier needs to be doing more to fight for Alberta's interests as related to line five. Um, mm-hmm. Like what? What what should he be doing? What would you be doing? Well, I mean, I think it, it goes back a ways. I mean, you think about all the, the, the pipeline politics drama that has occurred in this province over the last decade, including much of which, you know, Jason Kenney has been a big player in, yet there's not a word being uttered right now when we see the, an actual in, in-use pipeline being threatened and, and the obvious uh, challenges that would uh, impose on our economy as a result. Um, And so what I would say is that probably we want to rewind somewhat, undo him uh, uh, calling the governor names and, and actually be at a position where, where, uh, our government was able to engage with with like-minded stakeholders in the U.S. to put pressure uh, at, at multiple different levels to make sure that the message is heard that uh, Alberta's product is sustainable uh, and and environmentally responsible, and at the same time, the jobs that are impacted here are not only Canadian jobs but they're American jobs, and to rem- and to uh, find uh, allies in the U.S. who can also put pressure on all the different decision makers because there's not just one decision maker in the U.S. either, yeah. obviously. So, I mean, it's complicated, but the point is, is we don't see any evidence that the Premier is engaged in this at all. And it seems that we're just giving a little bit of advice on the sidelines to the federal government. And I'm just shocked. We, when was the last time that's how Alberta engaged in energy politics, nationally or internationally? That's not our role. We should be leading. We know this file better than anybody. Have you, in your capacity as official opposition leader and um, an elected official in Alberta, have you had any outreach? Have you worked with anybody in the United States to try and change hearts and minds? I, I will say, as the leader of the opposition, I have not, because uh, it's not something that we have the resources to do. We don't have access to it. And, and uh, I think... Anyway, we, we don't want to be sort of wandering around uh, making mistakes because we're not properly briefed on the whole thing. But we would like to see our government to use the resources that well, they have. By Aaron O'Toole, I mean, Aaron O'Toole yeah. took, had a meeting mm-hmm. with the U.S. Envoy. I think having a meeting and saying what you just said to me would certainly mm-hmm. would benefit Alberta, would it not? I suppose it could. I mean, honestly, I, I would suggest that... Uh, being we we don't get the access to the to the information that a lot of folks get when we're in this role uh so you know i i, I suspect that uh getting that information and having the people who know how to do it uh with that expertise is probably the best the better uh the better plan and the better strategy for albertans all right uh ms nolly thank you so much for joining us unfortunately i am out of time i have to get to the news but i appreciate the chat today thank you you bet take care That is Rachel Notley, leader of the opposition in Alberta.